Wow, what a beautiful day. Listen, everyone cheering. This is going to be great. Months of training is paying off now. I'm hydrated, glucosed up, and my mental game is on point. Let's do this. Okay, so I'm a little behind on my normal pace. No big deal. Just keep going. And I think I missed a spot on my thigh with my body glide. Sure, that won't be a problem. And I don't need to stop for water just yet. Oh, look, here come some hills. That'll be fun. Wait, I'm not even halfway through yet. Feels like I've been running forever. What's with all these hills? The whole course hills? I think this is going to be tougher than I thought. Where is everybody? Am I still on course? I haven't seen a water stop in forever. Why didn't I get water earlier? Well, it's just me, myself, and the road, I guess. Nothing left to do besides confront all of my inner demons. I am going to die. Why did I ever decide to do this? My thighs are raw like two hams, and I think my toenails just fell off. What else could possibly go wrong? Oh, great, the runner's trots. Well, at least I haven't hit the wall yet. I hit the wall. <laughs> I have never been so tired in all of my life. Even my teeth are tired. I, I think I should just quit. Just stop passing me, you jerks! No, I need to power through. I didn't train for months to give up this late. Time to dig deep. Think of that Olympic runner who finished with a broken leg. That was really gross. But the point is, if he can do it, so can I. Now, come on. The finish line is right up there. One foot in front of the other. Yes! I did it! Oh, this is the greatest feeling in the world. Carry me to the car. I am going to eat my weight in pasta and sleep for five days. All right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Crossroads. I am so glad you're here this morning as we kick off our new running series called Finish Strong. And I wanted you to see that running video because I wanted you to know what it felt like for me when I ran my race in San Diego. And that was only a half marathon. But can I tell you, when I finished that race, I won. I won. I actually won this medal, not because I was the fastest, but because I finished. I guess it was their way of saying anybody that's crazy enough to run 13.1 miles deserves a medal, right? But here's, here's what I want you to catch from this. The truth is, in the life of faith, it's not just about how well you start out. It's not about how fast you go. It's all about how you finish the race. I want you to think about the 2002 Winter Olympic Games. There was one race, the men's 1,000-meter uh, speed skating race. During the final lap, the, the American and the Chinese, they were out in front. The Canadian and Korean skaters, they were hot on their heels. And Australia's skater, Stephen Bradbury, Man, he was way back in last place. But as they came around the last curve, the final straightaway, the Chinese skater actually bumped the American skater. And they tumbled and fell and slid right into the wall. And right behind them, the Canadian and Korean skaters, there was no room to, to miss out. And they spun out of control and joined them in a tangled heap 
of arms and legs. Well, the Australian skater, Stephen Bradbury, was so far back, all he had to do was keep skating. He went across the finish line, and he yelled on, on the top of his lungs, gold! I won the gold! And, <coughs> and friends, think about it. It's the craziest thing. He won the gold medal for no other reason but that he crossed the finish line. He finished his race. He was not the best skater. He's not the fastest. He didn't set any records. He simply didn't quit, and he didn't get tangled up in all the mess around him. And friends, that's a great advice for life, and it's great advice for dealing with with election outcomes, right? You don't quit, and you don't get caught up and tangled up in the mess around you. I start this message out by saying I want to be very clear. Do you know the Bible equates running the Christian life? It's like running a race. It's like running a marathon. I'm curious, do we have any runners here this morning? Any runners? Well, for the three of us, we're going to love this message. I'm curious, can I, can I tell you? I just want to tell you, I love to run. And here's why. I love to run because I love to eat, right? I mean, it's absolutely true. And in my 30 years, I, 30 years of running, can I tell you, I've run a lot of races, I've run four marathons, several half marathons, lots of five and 10Ks. In fact, just two weekends ago, I ran the Fremont Run for Education. Can I tell you, I finished first place in my age category. Now, now wait, wait, wait. Don't, don't clap too hard because it was the AARP group. So, I mean, there, there's a, but I, I did. And, and here's the deal. When I run, I really don't run very fast but I do that on purpose. It's part of my ministry. See, I run slow on purpose, and here's why. You're welcome. (laughs) There you go. I make the fast runners look good. Somebody once asked me, Paul, how how did you get started in running? It was kind of by accident, really. I mean, I think this slide explains it. Okay. Okay, here's the deal. All kidding aside, the real reason I started running is someone invited me. Someone encouraged me. Someone challenged me to start running with him. And when I started, I have to confess, I was so out of shape, I couldn't even run a mile without stopping. At the beginning, to be honest, it wasn't a pleasure to run. It was a pain. But after a while, as I built up my endurance... Running became one of the biggest blessings of my life. And I want to tell you, as we start this running series, I want to do it by inviting you, by encouraging you, by challenging you to become a runner. Not necessarily physically, though that for a lot of you wouldn't be a bad thing, but to challenge you to start running spiritually, to put feet to your faith and learn to run your faith in Christ with passion and perseverance. That's what this series, Finish Strong, is all about. In fact, the theme verse for Finish Strong comes from the book of Hebrews, verses 12, 1 through 3. And I want you to see that on the screen behind me. Check out this great running verse. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance 
the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. Now, I want us to jog through this passage together, and my prayer is that this passage will inspire you to run, and to run with endurance. Here's how this passage starts. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, what does that mean? I want you to picture it this way. Man, you're in an Olympic stadium, and the stadium is packed out with this huge crowd, and they choose you to run your race. And when they call out your name and give you your lane assignment, the whole stadium, the people rise to their feet. And they start calling your name and cheering and clapping just for you. I mean, they're cheering you on because they want you to run well. They want you to run your best. They want you to run the race of your lifetime. Now, the writer of Hebrews actually tells us who these witnesses are to your race. And they all come from Hebrews chapter 11. It's all the people who ran their race before you. People from Noah to Abraham, from Moses to Joseph, and not just those guys, but every person who has gone before you in the faith. Now their race is finished, and they're up in heaven, and they're looking down at you, and they're watching you, and they're cheering you on because they want you to run well. They want you to run with endurance. They want you to finish strong. Now, a couple of things I want you to see is I want you to understand from this first part of the passage, friends, you know, this today, this is your one and only race. There will be a time when your race is over, where you won't be able to run anymore, where you will cross your finish line, and then you will join the other witnesses up in the stands to cheer others on. So friends, you got to go into training you got to give it your best because this is your one and only race. And I also want you to understand, to run well, you have to surround yourself with some great witnesses, some great encouragers, some great inspirers. Because here's why. To run with endurance and not quit on the faith, man, you need it, right? You need encouragement. Anyone here ever get discouraged? Anyone ever here ever feel like quitting on the faith? I want you to realize how important this is to so many of us. Just, I just want you to see it physically. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor Paul, if I was real honest, I just have to say, man, I really need some encouragement in my life right now. Would you raise up your hand? I need some encouragement right now. Hold them up high, don't. Just look around this room. Friends, we need it. We need it. Life is hard. And we need some people who are going to cheer us on to run well. Friends, I don't know about you, but I need inspiration. I need encouragement. And it needs to be more than just my thighs clapping for me, right? <laughs> I need some real-life people to come alongside. Let me, let me give you a real-life example. In my hardest marathon, I ran four. My hardest one, I was in the Ivory Coast of West Africa. And at mile 20, I hit the wall. And I was in so much pain from my legs to my lungs, my body revolted. 
They said, we hate you now, and you will pay. And I could barely move, and I still had six miles to go. In my mind, I just, I did, I just wanted to totally quit, but I got surrounded by my neighbors, this dear family who came out to cheer me on. The little kids had pom-poms and signs. The dad, he had a bad knee. He came up alongside me and said, come on, Paul, we can do this together. I'll, I'll run with you. You're going to finish. You're going to make it. And being surrounded by their encouragement, it like gave me a second win so that I can finish strong. And now it's my turn to encourage you to run well and finish your race. But to do that, you got to surround yourself with a great cloud of witnesses. You know how you do that? Here's how I do it. Read my Bible every day. See, I read the stories of ordinary, everyday people just like us who endured. And when it got hard, when it got difficult, they didn't quit. They kept running. And their stories inspire me to keep going. Are you reading your Bible every day? We'll give you strength. We'll give you endurance. The second thing I do is I stay connected to my church family. Because many times it's their support, their prayers, their encouragement that help me get to the finish line. Now let's jog to the next part of the verse. Some great running advice. Check this out. If you're going to run with endurance, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I want to ask you, say we're going to run a marathon together. It's, It's race day. And you show up and you're ready to go. And you see me show up with my backpack. And you see me, I run to the finish line, and in my backpack, I said, man, 26 miles. Man, what if I get thirsty? I better put that in there. And man, what if I get hungry along the way? I better get, have some food in there. Man, you know, running 26 miles, it's just a long time. It's drudgery. Man, if I get bored, I might want to pull out my iPad. I'll put that in there and pull out my backpack, and I'm ready to go. And you see me throw on a backpack. And I'm standing at the finish line. I'm so excited. The starting line, I'm so excited. I'm going to run my marathon. What would you say to me? Besides, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, you'd say, Paul, man, a marathon is a long, hard race. And for you to run well and to finish strong, man, you got, you got to run light. You got to lighten the load. You got to strip it down. You got to get rid of everything that's going to hold you back. You can't run with a backpack and all this stuff. You, you just won't finish. You just won't run well. Let me give you a real-life example from history. The army of Alexander the Great was advancing on Persia. At one critical point in the war, it appeared that they were going to lose the battle and be defeated. And here's why. The soldiers had won so many battles, they had amassed all this plunder, and they were carrying all this plunder around that Alexander noticed it just, it held them back from this ability to fight well. So Alexander gave all his soldiers this command. I want you to take all your plunder, and I want you to dump it out and make a big pile, just everything. And then he set it on fire. Man, all the soldiers, man, they complained, they were angry. But after everything burnt to the ground, the soldiers saw the wisdom in that command. And one of the commanders wrote this, It was as if wings had been given to them and they walked lighter again because victory was assured and they won the war because they stripped away the weight. Do you see what I'm saying with this, friends? 
Can I, can I tell you? I wonder as you running your race of faith, I wonder what you're carrying in your backpack. I wonder what are the things that are weighing you down that you need to get rid of. Maybe it's an addiction. And God's saying, now the time, this is holding you back from being who God made you to be. It's time to, to burn it away and get rid of it. Maybe it's materialism. You're so focused on trying to get more money and more stuff, thinking that life is about more things. Maybe you need to get rid of that one. Maybe it's uh, lust. Maybe lust is holding you back from really living. God's saying, you've got to cut that out of your life. Maybe it's anger or pride. What are you carrying as a way as you're trying to run your life of faith that's holding you back? You know, this whole thing makes me think of our Celebrate Recovery ministry. What I love about Celebrate Recovery is this group of people is, man, they are working hard at, like, emptying the backpack and getting rid of the things that hold them back from being who God made them to be. Well, the verse continues, and it says this. This is so cool. Check this out. It says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now, I'm not making this up. Do you know the word race comes from the Greek word agon, where we get the English word agony? Did you know that? I'm not making it up. It's true. I mean, in fact, picture of this runner on the screen behind me, great picture of running the race. Because this picture tells us that your race of faith is going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. At times, it's going to be painful. How do you get to the finish line? Well, you know, the rest of the verse tells us how. This is what it says. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In fact, this idea of keeping your eyes on Jesus... I want us to all do a really cool faith exercise. And I think you're really going to like it. It's pretty cool. If it works, it will be really cool. On the screen behind me, we have this picture. And I want you to notice right in the middle of the picture, there are four dots. Do you see them? Right in the middle, you see those four little dots? I'm going to ask you to focus your, your eyes on those dots for 30 seconds. I'll count you down, and then after 30 seconds... What I want you to do is I just want you to close your eyes and slowly put your head back. And when you do, you're going to see cool, huh? Now, now if it worked, you're supposed to see Jesus. If it didn't work, and you might want to talk to me after. No, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. If it didn't work, don't feel bad. Pastor Dwayne didn't see it either, so you're okay. But... Here's the idea. For this, for this optical illusion to work, you have to keep your focus for 30 seconds. Well, friends, you know, to, for, for your Christian life, to run with endurance, to be the person who God made you to be, you have to keep your focus on Jesus. You need to do your best to see Jesus, to get to know Jesus, to become like Jesus in character and choices, to love, serve, and honor Jesus as the Lord of your life. And when you do that, Jesus has this ability in unexplainable ways to give you strength and endurance and carry you across the finish line. 
In fact, that's the promise of Scripture in Philippians 1.6. says this, And I am certain that God who began a good work in you. See, Jesus is your starting line. He initiates your faith. He'll continue his work until it's finally, until you get, he'll get you to the finish line. On the day of Christ, Jesus returns. Keep your eye on the prize, and he'll help you finish. Now, where do you get the inspiration for that? The last part of the verse is our whole inspiration to keep running and to finish strong. It talks about Jesus, and it says this, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't get weary and give up. See, when you face pain and problems in your faith, when you get weary and are tempted to give up, here's what you do. Eye on the prize, and you remember Jesus. You remember the price he paid and what he endured on your behalf. Friends, Jesus took nails for you and for me. He died on the cross so he can be forgiven, adopted into God's family, have the gift of eternal life. And he did that, friends, for the joy awaiting him. Do you understand what the joy of Jesus is? It's you. And it's you. And it's you. And it's you. And it's me. See, Jesus knew one day because what he endured, there would be a day, there would be a day where we chose to love and follow and be friends with him for all eternity. And Jesus said, I would rather die than face eternity without you. And he endured the pain because it gives him pleasure to know that you belong to him. The joy of Jesus is seen in Luke 15, 7. On the screen behind me, Jesus said it this way. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and who haven't strayed away. Now, you do know that this joy of Jesus goes way beyond you and me, right? So much bigger, and this is where the church comes in, because as the church, we are the body of Christ. And not only should we run well individually and finish strong, but we are called as a church body to run well and finish the things that God has called us to do as a church. That's why we're kicking off our capital campaign called Finish Strong. Now, can I say, if you're a guest with us, we're not asking this of you. We're doing this for you. We're doing this to make more space for you, your family, your friends, your community. But as a church family, we have to finish, and this Finish Strong really captures the heart of what God's calling us to do. You know, our very own Vince Pham, who's a part of our church family, he designed this whole brochure for us, and it captures all. I hope you'll read the whole thing carefully, but I want to highlight what Finish Strong is all about. This campaign, first of all, our goal is to raise $800,000 in three years over and above our regular giving. If we can raise $800,000, here's what will happen. We'll get in our new worship building. That means it will finish the outside, the lobby, the worship center, the green room, and it will allow us to open the doors and start having services. Won't finish the whole building, but it will open the building up for us. 
And not only that, it will help us launch our new Hayward campus. Now, can I tell you this new Hayward campus? Total God thing. I promise you, I would never think of like building a building and launching another campus at the same time. That's crazy. But we could not say no to what God's asking us. And God's doing something so beautiful in the Mount Eden area of Hayward, we have to respond. Do you know right now we already have Pastor Cal is running point on the project. We already have 21 core leaders who've taken up leadership. We have an additional 25 to 50 people who say, I kind of live in the Hayward Union City area. I'll go to that campus. And on March 5th at Mount Eden High School, we're going to launch our new campus that I know is going to reach hundreds of people. It's going to bring a lot of joy to Jesus and change a lot of lives, all because we said as a church family, we're going to finish strong. Now, if you'll turn to the very back, I want, to, I want to talk to you about what I believe is your part in this campaign. The big ask, and that K is important. I want to say that well. The big ask is, number one, I'm going to ask you as your pastor to pray and obey. That, that's the main thing I'm asking of you. Before we even talk about a penny, and would you look at me for a second? You know, I've been pastoring this church for 21 years. And I want to tell you, I want to look you in the eye and tell you, in this place, as long as I'm pastor here, you will never be manipulated or guilted or arm twisted to give any money, ever. That's not our heart. That's not who we are. We believe in open, honest communication. We believe in you, and I'm just going to do what any good pastor will do. He asks you to pray and obey. Now, here's why. I take the words of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, or 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17. I take this verse to heart that says this. You see, we're not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. As your pastor, I feel responsible to God, responsible to you, to ask you what I should. Pray and obey. To pray, to say, God, I believe in my church. I believe in this vision. God, what do you want my part to be? But to pray with a heart to say yes in advance to whatever God tells you. Now, here's the cool thing. If you'll do this first thing, man, it will just take away the pressure. It will take away the stress. Because you know what? God will never ask you to give something you don't have. We also know where God guides, God provides. God promises in Philippians 4.19, he'll provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. So you can just pray. But I'll, I'll, and In fact, we want to help you do that. On the back of this outline in the orange box, we want to challenge you to start praying this very simple prayer over the next three weeks. It goes like this. Father, you have blessed me so much. I want to give back to you in thanksgiving. I also want to trust you with my future needs. Please show me the amount that you want to give through me towards finish strong. Show me ways that I can give sacrificially in faith. Amen. Now, can I warn you, if you pray that prayer... Can I just tell you in advance, don't be surprised if God asks you to 
to, what he asks you to do is going to require some faith and stretch you because you do know God's doing more than just building a building, right? He's building you. He's building me. He's growing our faith. So I'm going to ask you to pray and just obey. And to help us do that, one of the things I want to do is invite you December 1st on a, on a Thursday night, we're going to have a family Christmas worship, night of worship together. And we're going to celebrate Christmas, but we're going to come together as a church family. We're going to pray that God will do miracles in and through our lives. So I'm asking you to pray and obey. The second thing I'm asking you to do is to give a birthday present to Jesus on the weekend of December 3rd and 4th. Now, if you've been a part of Crossroads for more than a year, we, you know we do this every year. We have a beautiful service the first weekend in December. We put a little manger on the front, and we ask people to come down the aisle and walk by and then put a special gift into the manger as if you're giving it to Jesus. Friends, it's our way as a church family of reminding each other Christmas is Jesus' birthday. It's not ours. And we give him a gift that we know will bring a lot of joy to his heart. And so on that weekend, we're just going to ask you to do what the wise men did, to bow before him in worship and just give him the best gift that you can give at this time in your life. And I know he'll multiply, he'll use it, build the building, start another campus, change some lives, and we can do that together. And then the last thing I want to ask you to do is would you pull out this middle card? I'm going to ask you to give a three-year pledge over and above your regular giving. And here's why. Do you know, in our church, guys, I'm so proud of you. You guys have such big hearts. You're such generous givers. And already so many people have come to me and said, hey, Pastor Paul, man, I want to be a part of this. I just wish I could give more. And, man, I, I understand. In fact, one guy in our church, man, him and his wife, they're so committed. He came back to Christ. His wife gave her heart to Jesus. They were both baptized here. They're all in, and they're giving. He said, you know what, Paul? I wish I could pay for the whole building. He said, I wish if I could, I'd write you a check for $5 million today, pay for the whole thing. And I was just thinking, if you're sitting here today and you could write a check like that, please come see me. I'd like to talk to you. But what I know is that for most of us sitting here today, just look around the room. Look around. Most of us sitting here are ordinary, everyday people trying to figure out how do I live in one of the most expensive places in the world to live. Most of us, we're trying to figure out how do I pay my mortgage, put food on the table, take care of my kids, and I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to make it, and money is tight. Am, Am I the only one who lives that way? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Guys, I live there. I get it. I have a daughter in college. I'm trying to figure out how to pay for that. I have a son who's a senior. He's graduating. I'm trying to, I want to give everything I can to this church and this project. But man, I, I just don't have a lot of extra left over at the end of the month, right? The reason I'm asking you to give a three-year pledge is, man, I can't give a lot right now, but over three years... I can give a lot more than I've ever dreamed. In fact, let me give you a couple examples. First campaign we did was called, Go, was called Go Big six years ago to get this whole thing started. And during that time, I had an addiction to Starbucks. I mean, any Starbucks uh, addicts here? 
Seven days a week, I go into Starbucks every single day. I buy a Vente coffee, $2.25, $15 a week. And I felt like God spoke to me, and I thought, man, what if I gave up my Starbucks, and I just made coffee at home, and I took that money and gave it toward the building? Friends, look at this. On weekly, what does $15 a week come out to after three years? How much? Man, 20... How many of you think $2,300 would be an honorable gift towards this project? Man, if I had to write that check today, very painful. But over three years, and man, I gave up Starbucks for three years. Told the whole church, if you see me with the Starbucks in my hand, I promise I did not buy it. And for three years, no Starbucks. But I helped, I helped get us to where we are today. Let me give you one more example. Let you know about my family. Our family is just... Ordinary every day, we're not elegant, we wear simple clothes, we drive simple cars, we try to live a simple life, but one of the things we like to do as a family is about once a week, once every two weeks, we like to go out to dinner as a family. Now, let me tell you where our level is. For us, a nice dinner out is we go to Olive Garden. If we're really partying, we go to Elephant Bar, like, woo! But two teenagers, mom and dad, two teenagers who will not order off the kitty menu anymore, doggone it. For four people, man, that comes out to 80 bucks easy. And so we said as a family, what if once a month, instead of going out to dinner, we stayed home, made spaghetti and salad, and took that 80 bucks a month and gave it toward the project? Well, guys, how much does 80 bucks a month come out to? Almost $3,000. Now, I don't know about you, I couldn't write a $3,000 check today. But over three years, guys, we can do this. We can do this. Guys, do you understand that if we would pray and obey, if we would pray and obey, give a birthday present to Jesus, a three-year pledge, and here's how you do it. The weekend of December 3rd and 4th, you put the amount of your birthday present here, you put the amount of your pledge here that you start paying in January, and just over time and together... This is what will happen. We'll open the building. We'll start a new campus. We'll change lives. You will grow spiritually, and you will make a difference for eternity. And guess what? Through that time, God will grow your faith. He'll build your endurance, and we will finish strong. Let me close with one last passage, and then we'll pray together. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 9 says this. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. And then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor, and their good deeds will be remembered forever. Guys, I want to pray for that to happen. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everyone to stand right now. And in a symbolic way, declaring that we need God, we need each other, I want us to have, I want to lead you in a time of prayer. So I'm going to ask you to join hands across the aisles, across your rows, to just join hands together. Freddie, come on down. And I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. And this is what I want you to do. For the person on your right and the person on your left, I want you to pray for them right now. And I want you to ask God to bless them 
I want you to ask God to care for them. I want you to ask God to heal them. To say, God, I don't know what they need, but you do. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a provision. Maybe it's courage to face an addiction. But God, I want to ask you to bless them and help them. And for the person on your right and on your left, just give their hand a little squeeze to let them know I'm praying for you right now. I'm asking God to bless you and work in your life. And then pray for our church. Say, God, would you bless and grow our church? Would you help us get into our new building as quickly as possible so that we can reach more people? Pray for our new campus in Hayward. Pray that God would get us off to a a vibrant, healthy start and we would reach hundreds of new people in our Hayward campus. And then finally, I'm going to ask you, would you pray for you? Would you say, God, would you help me? Would you grow me? Would you build my faith and endurance so that I can run well and finish strong? Would you be bold enough to say, God, show me what you want my part to be in this finish strong campaign? And God, whatever you tell me, my answer in advance is yes. In Jesus' name, amen.